Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Praise the Lord. While we're still standing, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks, brother. Father, we love you. Open our eyes to see you as the Father that you are. may our posture in this wonderful place tonight not be about listening to some nice words from a person that we like but hopefully but let it be truly that we see ourselves sitting at the feet of the Father Father welcomed into your throne room of God to be with you and to hear your heart, your perspective. And Lord, even as we were worshipping, Lord, I just had such a sense that Father's agenda today, tonight, was to implant a seed of faith from the Spirit into our spirit. A seed of faith from the Spirit of God into our spirit. I truly believe with all my heart, dear friends, that this is a, a, a rhema word in a kairos time. I don't believe this is just a nice message. And as many of you that have walked with us for a long time know that often we don't get near messages or things prepared. Pray and Holy Ghost breaks out and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And if that's what Father wanted again tonight, that's what we'd do. But... I do believe Sally and I are here this weekend on Kingdom Assignment to equip us to run the race in such a way as one day we'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Moments of encounter, moments of the Holy Spirit touching us deeply are glorious. And I yearn for them more and more, and I pray you do too. Don't settle for yesterday's touch. Come on, if God can supply manna, a physical food every day, how much more the touch of God every day. We don't live periodically by encounters and touches with God, but we're called and invited into a continual deep relationship. But there's moments where He says, Let's just get together and talk real. Let's talk real in such a way that we're equipped, that we actually, tonight is all about a perspective shift, that we see as Father intends us to see, so that He is glorified and the devil is terrified, so that God is glorified and the devil is terrified. So God, right now, I pray that you'll break out, Lord, in revelation truth. Devil, you're on notice. Time to pack your bags. Time to leave the people of God, the house of God. But Lord, let revelation truth flow. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. Shumra bakuriata shumra basaka. Shumra basokuriata tumri shikura basakata. 
Sumre kianda takabraba korianda. Come on, church, right now. Step and deepen into the spirit just for a moment here. Step into the spirit. Shumrabakata korianda daka. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, come, 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 envelop this place, envelop this temple, envelop this tabernacle, Lord, in Jesus' name, this dwelling place of God. We cry out for the revelation and the truth and the wisdom of heaven to be our portion, to be our portion, to be our portion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we say to God, be all the glory and the honor and the praise. And the hungry, thirsty people said, Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you can come and grab a seat. Hallelujah. Good evening, church. It's so nice to be, for Sally and I to be with you again where we are not being boiled alive in the middle of February with you. This is just much more reasonable. This is much more, this is a much more godly temperature, I must say. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, aren't you glad that God's a God of all seasons? Amen. Praise God. For those that don't know us, uh, my name is Steve, and this is my lovely wife, Sal, and you're going to hear from her this weekend as well. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And um, God is going to do good things. Many of you have walked for a while. I actually had a look just before I came. Um, the first visit was on 21st of February 2014, so we're just about to finish 10 years. And this is visit number 17. Um, so... We're here more than we're anywhere else, and that probably includes home. So, um, <laughs> so you guys, like family, so it's, it's, it's delightful to be with you. And as I said, we've had, the, the thing about family A is there's, you don't get just one aspect of relationship. You get all the aspects of relationship. And you can't say, I don't want that aspect. I just want this aspect. I just want all the fun, happy times. We've got to have that whole. It's like the Word of God. You can't pick and choose the Scripture you want. Come on. That, that, some people do that and say, this makes me happy. Well, keeps us immature too. You can be happy and immature. Huh. Yeah, come on, Stephen. Behave yourself. Get on track. <laughs> but... What we need is what, as the rainbow word that God gave me back in January, is what is it time for? The most important question is not what time is it, but what is it time for? What is it time for? Right now, if we go into a conversation, you think it might be challenging. What is it time for? It's not about me winning a battle, winning an argument. It's about me expressing Christ. So what does that look like in this moment? And you don't apply one size fits all because this communication might be different to this communication. Look at how Jesus spoke to a woman caught in adultery versus one of his cherished disciples in a moment who put his foot in his mouth and Jesus rebuked him saying, get behind me, Satan. So what is it time for? Yeah. 
And let's not narrow love to a feeling of, I believe, like you've got to believe everything I believe, and it's all about acceptance and tolerance. I mean, I'm not going to go there. But let's ensure we are biblical people, spiritually minded people. And tonight, I just feel a holy call, and I'm actually going to preach, which is going to surprise many of you. And many of you are yet to believe that I can do it. Uh, it's not because I don't know the Word of God, but I'm just such a ho- go with the Holy Ghost. And, and you, you guys know me. I, I'm not here to fulfill an agenda. I'm here to keep in step with the Spirit. But you're not on this planet to fulfill an agenda. You're here to keep in step with the Spirit. Not one of you was born to earn a living. You were called to know a, born to know a Father and to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. That's, that's what we're created for. And so tonight is a holy, holy time. And I know Sally's speaking tomorrow night and Sunday morning. So you got more of Sally this time. And I can't wait to sit under that. God is going to do something powerful and great. But tonight, um, I want to get into it. And I really believe, and I'm going to preach for a while, like probably till, well, probably till Sally starts tomorrow night. And there were some nervous laughs in the room. If you're visiting, God bless you. I uh, hope you don't have plans. Um, real, tonight's about real talk to equip us all. That's what it's about. Real talk. Can I just be Brother Steve, Uncle Steve, Grandpa Steve? I don't know what it is to you, but just let me be that. Can I be that? And I'm not preaching a message. I'm speaking as a prophet. This is what the body of Christ we need to hear right now. Okay? And so... Um, I've got a very clear message. I'm going to get to that. But just before I came, just in the hotel room, I heard the Lord say that life is the great equalizer. We are all born as sinners. We all need a Savior. And we all need God fully, always, for everything. Life is the great equalizer. We are all born as sinners. We all need a Savior. (laughs) And we all need God fully, Always for everything. Not everyone believes it, but it's true of everyone. The atheist needs God as much as you and I need God. Uh, are you with me? The drug addict, the, the one who's on the streets, and the one who is messing up their lives needs God as much as you and I need God. No, no, no less, but no more. Hmm. There's not a person alive that needs God any less or any more than anyone else. Have you ever felt like, man, I need God so much more than I used to or so much more? No, you don't. We're just coming into a revelation that we need him always fully for everything. And that's a good place to live. It's a healthy place to live. And so as I get into this, let me ask a question. And I want to see a show of hands. Anyone here going through any challenges? If you do, lift up your hand real high. Anyone going through some really challenging things at the moment, some difficult things, some things that you can't get answers to, some things that are pulling you apart from left and right. Anyone here going through some things that you know that most other people in this room don't know you're going through it and they think if only they knew, it would explain some things. Anyone, is challenges a part of anyone's life or or are you all plain sailing? Because if you do, I I simply just don't like you. But the reality is life has challenges 
And so I'm here tonight to speak into that, which is not my normal, just feel the Holy Ghost. But this is going to end up with us all celebrating with our Father one day. Because His will and my will is that not one person in this room won't be there. Not one person in this room will have become a statistic along the way. I'm done with statistics being part of the measure of the church. I'm done with the fact that the enemy has too many notches on his belt from ones who used to walk with the Lord. Anyone else? And already I can feel the Holy Ghost moving. Can we, can we go beyond just a nice feel good? Feel good, it's like, man, it wears off. The feel good wears off. What do we do when the feel good wears off? Church, I'm here. I'm here to be Uncle Steve, and I just want us to lean into this. Tonight we're talking about the Word of the Lord so clearly, and I have not spoken this anywhere because God downloaded it to me months ago for you guys, months ago. And I travel almost every weekend, and we have been so busy traveling, and it's often close to the time when God downloads stuff. Um, but this was months ago, and as I'm leaning back up, and the Lord takes me back to, has he said anything? Because I forget what he said for a church, and because that's just the way I am. Um, it's a wonderful blessing. Um, but I come back in, and as I read, I go, my gosh, this speaks into right where we are right now. There are more people going through deep challenges now than I, I think I've ever understood or known on so many levels. Deep things, unrelenting things, things that don't make sense, things that you end up crying out to the Lord. And I heard the Lord start to speak. And as I said, this was before I personally entered it. And Sally and I have been in probably one of the hardest times of our life, and we are still in it. So I'm not here to preach at you, come up to my loftiness. I'm saying, can we just be brothers and sisters, walk along, get real, have a dis uh, maybe a conversation that Jesus would have had around the table. Can we do that tonight? You should have brought your popcorn and your Coke and stuff like that. We could have just had snacks together. But I pray that the Spirit of God speaks to us all. This is what we're talking about tonight. What, what do you say? Who's got popcorn? Who's got popcorn? I'm going to, I'm going to lay my hands on this and multiply it for everyone. And then you will all know that I'm a man of God. And I thought it was only Tim Middleton that ruined meetings with props. I still remember the time I asked you to assist me with an illustration. I'm still trying to get the meeting back right now. Isn't it incredible how nothing with me is really overly planned? Um, that's not the incredible part. You guys know that. The incredible part is how you have moments like this when you're about to talk about something really, really weighty, and God goes, you need a little laugh before you get into it. Aren't you glad that God knows what we need? I want you to preach with me. I want you to lean in with me. I want you to spirit to spirit, a seed of faith. Are you ready? And I'm going to preach a long time. I'm just telling you right now. But I pray, I pray no one falls out of a third-story window and dies so we don't have to raise them up. Read your Bible. It's in there. Tonight we're going to talk about staying on track. Staying on track. Huh. Staying on track. And 
as we lean into this, the important thing is not just that you stay on track, but you stay on the right track. There's a lot of people in this world, a lot of the problems in this world are caused by people that are staying on the wrong track and refuse to budge from it. I mean, if you take a running track as a metaphor, it's no good if you're running around an Olympic track if you've been enrolled in a cross-country race. You can be the fastest person on that track, but if you're meant to be on a cross-country track, or vice versa, man, I'm doing a 5K park run where you're actually meant to be in the you're meant to be in the 3,000 meters in the stadium. Well, you've got to be on the right track. My question is not just stay on track, stay on the right track. I believe that the Lord is just saying to me right now that tonight for many people in this room will be a Holy Ghost interruption to what track you're on. Will you be open to the Spirit of God tonight? Let me read two verses and we're going to start to unpack what the Lord has shown me. You good? 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. All the scriptures we read will be so well known, but God wants to speak. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. I have brought, I have fought, not brought, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Will you say it with me? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. John 17, verse 4. We're going to come back to that verse. John 17, verse 4. This is Jesus praying to the Father. Jesus speaking to the Father. And he says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Jesus himself said, I brought you glory, Father. How? By finishing the work that you gave me to do. We're talking about staying on track. And I'm just going to download it as the Father gave it to me. And every person, young person to older person, lean in and receive the word of the Lord. Life is not a choose-your-own-adventure like a video game. When my daughters were younger, there was even things like, I think, Mario Kart and those different things and... That's not my world, but, you know, you could pick your own car. You could pick your own person. You could pick your own hair color. You could pick your own weapons and some of the games. You could pick your own track. You could choose what you wanted to be and do in that situation. Can I just say that's not life? Life is not choose your own adventure. You can be who you want. You can do what you want. You can choose where you want to go, what you want to do. You can choose your sexuality, your gender. You can choose what you believe is right, what you believe is wrong. That's not life. But nor is life like an Instagram projection of what you want others to see or who you desire to be. That's not life. It's, it's the, the amount of times you hear people talk after they've seen Instagram and there's this disconnect, but hang on, I thought everything was rosy. That's not life, amen? Life is often difficult and challenging. This is where it gets really encouraging. You can, this is where you eat your popcorn. Life is often difficult and challenging. It takes twists and unexpected turns. Anybody? 
Delays and detours seem to be more common than straight and unobstructed roads. Anyone live long enough already? I've seen some people going, amen, amen, amen. But through it all and in all, God is still God. And he has a plan and he has a purpose for our lives and he has a purpose for the life of his church. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God's still on the throne. But life happens and life ain't plain sailing. So I want to go and speak into this because if we are going to stay uh, on track, we need to understand what God wants us to see in this. So let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Are you doing all right, church? We're just getting into it, please. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Father, help me to preach your heart. That's all I want to do. This is Apostle Paul. And he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Would you say it with me again? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. God just was honing me in onto this verse. And as I started to look, this is some of what I saw. I have finished the race is between I have fought the good fight and I have kept the faith. I have finished the race, is in between I have fought the good fight and I have kept the faith. And the Lord said to me, the position is really important. And he said this to me, we will not finish the race if we don't fight the good fight. If we don't fight the right battles, we cannot finish the race. And the Lord said to me, we must not deplete our energy fighting battles that God has not assigned for us to fight. And I wanted to be honest, and I'm going to be really transparent, and I don't even know what's going to come out of me tonight, but this is a problem in the church. This is a too much of a problem where we see someone up here with this microphone and say, that's fine for you. You're plain sailing through life, and there's not a transparency. It's not a, it's, it's not a, it's got to be done in a healthy way, but there's got to be a bit more transparency in the church. Otherwise, you think, and you think, and I think that my challenge is quite unique, and no one else has a challenge like me. Yeah. I, I, I fight too many of the wrong battles. I engage with too many of the wrong battles in my mind and in my head. Anybody? And it depletes my energy to fight the battles that I should be fighting. Many times we're derailed not because we're fighting battles, but we're not fighting the good fights. The good fights. Come on, even Ephesians 6, it says, come on, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Stop fighting people. We fight principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. And the Lord, I remember the time he said, if you don't fight spiritual battles, you will fight natural battles. And now he's just speaking to me. If we don't fight the right spiritual battles, then we will fight the wrong spiritual battles, but from a natural perspective. Do I fight against the devil naturally or spiritually? Many times I fight against him naturally. I fight against him in my mind. I fight him. I engage him in conversation rather than take authority over him. 
I have been defeated too often. And, and I, I'm speaking with you. Is this okay? I'm going to be honest. I actually have mental, a mental illness. And that has only been diagnosed a couple years ago. And I'm just, again, we don't talk about this. That makes fighting battles in my mind debilitating. Engaging the backwards and forwards to the place of just broken, weeping, and wanting to run away from ministry. Is this okay? This, including this week. And where it gets to that point is where, not that I'm fighting, but I'm not fighting the good fight. I'm fighting the wrong fight. And I tell you what, I praise God for a wife that will walk with me and pray with me and help me to close some loops and actually do things a better way because it's a real thing. And I pray you're not ones in church that think it's not a real thing. You just need to pray more and read the Bible more. Sometimes that's not what's going to get you through. Sometimes you need someone walking in your arm and arm, brother to brother. Can, I, can, I, can we be real in church? Because it's not just always pray more. We just, I'm just done with playing games. We got to fight the good fight. And I'm learning even today, learning to close the door on conversations the devil is wanting to engage me in about how much I miss the mark and how bad a person I am and how unworthy I am to be up on this platform today. And I'm telling you this because the, the way I'm learning, is this okay, Brett? I'm learning that part of the way I fight the battle is not to engage in a conversation with an enemy who just wants to draw me into his conversation and by doing so get my eyes off the one who says, even if you walk through the darkest valley, hey, I'm with you, I'm with you, Steve. I can't see you, God, because I'm engaging in the wrong battle. If, you, if you're feeling like this, you're not alone. I'm walking it too. I'm a man of God. Don't say you're a bad person. I'm a man of God, and I feel like that. And it's time for us to learn how to fight the good fight. That was really raw and real. Is that okay, church? I heard the Lord say, we will not finish the race if we don't fight the good fight. We don't fight the right battles and we need to fight the right battles the right way. I think some of us in this room this week, it's asking Father the question and maybe talk with someone else. How do I fight the good fight? I've been fighting for a long time and I feel like I'm always losing. Maybe we need to learn how to fight a different way. Amen. And then he showed me that uh, we, the verse says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. So we will not finish the race if we don't fight the good fight. Did you get that? But he said the order is important. And this says, I have kept the faith. He says, we have not finished the race if we don't finish still in faith. He said to me, it's not just about completing tasks it's about keeping our hearts. Hmm. It doesn't say I've fought some battles, I've finished my race, and along the way I had some faith. Order is important. I, I pray you get this. I pray you get this. 
I have fought the good fight and I've finished my race. And now that I've finished my race, I can say I kept the faith. This is how we stay on track. If you boil everything I say down tonight to, uh, there's a couple things you boil down. This is one of them. I want to finish still being in faith. If God heals me of my mental illness along the way, praise God. If he doesn't, I still want to finish in faith. Because some of you have your back issues or, or head issues or you've got relational issues. We've all got something that we're crying out for God to heal. True? Come on. And if we do, we celebrate it. And we should. And we should believe with it. But what happens if when we die, we still have it? Can we still die in faith? Or has the answer become more important than God himself. And there's some days where it does in my will. And everyone in this room, no one has days where we're perfectly trusting God. I told you this is going to be just a real night. Because otherwise it's like, this is awesome. Praise. It's, it's, that was it. That was it. Hebrews 11, verse 13 to 14. I truly believe, Adrian, I believe for everyone, I just happened to say your name, that this is a rhema word in the chorus time. And I pray you're receiving that even at this early stage, that God wants us to stay on track. Said this about... In Hebrews 11, verse 13 to 14, all these people, this is a list of all the people who lived in faith, that were commended for their faith. All these people were still living by faith when they died. Everyone celebrates that. Yes, they obviously got all their answers and all their miracles. You've got it on the screen. You've read the next line. But remember, when they lived it, there wasn't a line to read. We forget that the ones we celebrate in the Bible, because we know the end of their story. Well, David killed the Goliath. Yeah, but the Goliath could have killed David. He didn't know the outcome. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, man, they came out of the furnace, and there was not a hair on their head singed, and they did not smell of smoke, and we, yay! They didn't know that before they went in. They said, our God can save us. And many of us believe God can do something. And God will save us. Many of us, not so much, believe that God will do it for me. But even if he doesn't, but even if he doesn't, that's what you call faith. It's not that God can. That's great faith, but a lot of people believe God can. That's entry level. God will heal me. Come on. God will heal me of mental illness. God will heal me of my eyesight so I can drive again. Come on. And some days I'm between can and will. Steve, why are you even preaching? Because this is life. No one that you watch on YouTube has full faith all the time and they're floating through. Their name's not Jesus. 
I'm between God can and God will. And sometimes I'm more in the category of God can. But I want to move to even if God doesn't, I will not bow my knee to another idol. I will stay in faith. I will finish this race. But not finish this race limping to the end. Jesus is coming back for a victorious church. And a victorious church is not a church that has had all her prayers answered. It's one who lived in faith, died in faith, and is still believing. God can, God will, but even if he doesn't. All these people were still, there you go. That's my first one for the weekend. All these people were still living by faith. No, I don't need to be delivered. But not on that point. All these people were still living by faith. Stop it. Who is it? All All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. Come on. Step into the word with me. Step into the word. See, tonight we could do what we often preach. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Is it true? Yep. But so is all these people were still living by faith when they died and they did not receive the things promised. How do I reconcile that? I don't. I just accept that. They did not receive the things promised. Watch this. They only saw them. Hang on. They didn't receive them, but they saw them. Yeah, that's called faith. And they welcomed them, but only from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. We're just passing through. This is such a short time. It feels like a long time. Have anyone ever said it feels like eternity? It's taken eternity? Not really. We probably should read what that means in the dictionary. People who say such things show they are looking for a country of their own. That is just so insightful, people. Hmm. I remember the day the Lord said to me, where it says that by Jesus' stripes we are healed. And when I was praying and believing and people weren't getting healed, and I'm going to say a bunch of things tonight. I probably already had that messes up some of your theology. That's okay. Just see what the Holy Ghost says, is it right? And maybe see what the Bible says. But I remember saying, God, why this person not being healed? I'm not being healed. The Bible says, by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. He said to me, yeah, but where does it say the side of the grave? Hmm. This is not our final resting place, people. We're passing through. Forever and ever and ever, guess what? By Jesus' stripes, you and I are going to be healed. Did you hear what I just said? But you said it's going to happen here. No, no, I didn't say here. I just said by my, by my stripes, you are healed. For all eternity. Come on. For all eternity, my sins are forgiven. For all eternity, my body will behold a resurrected body like Christ. Come on. I'll be healed. No pain, no tears, no sorrow. That's what my Bible says. doesn't say you're going to get it this side of the grave. Hmm. Do we, does, do we stop praying for people? No, Jesus said pray for people. Come on, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. 
But again, sometimes they recover this side of the grave, sometimes on the other side of the grave. I'm just, we need God completely, always, for everything. Hmm. Let's go to the, the next verse. This is all about staying on track, John 17, verse 4. John 17, verse 4. Jesus, again, praying to his Father. Sometimes I, sometimes I marvel how Jesus did ministry without a piano playing in the background. I just, it's almost like the anointing is not contingent on what we think it's contingent on. Who would have thought? Jesus obviously didn't read the books on how to preach well. John 17, verse 4. Are we all right? Anyone glad you came tonight? Jesus said, Jesus said, I have brought you glory. He's talking to his father. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. I, I just, so simple, but I just want to draw our attention to the truth that even Jesus lived by God-given assignments. The son of God only did what I saw my father doing. He says, I've finished what you gave me to do. So why is it that we think that life is anything less than living by what God has given us to do? If we're going to stay on track, we've got to make sure we're on the right track. The Apostle Paul says, I've finished the race. Not just any race, but the race I was actually meant to run. Can I ask you a question? Are you running the race that God has actually placed you on this earth to run? Because we can't finish the race if we're in the wrong race. And Jesus says, I, have fin I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work. See, he could have just said, I brought you glory on earth by finishing my work. Please hear me. Please hear me. I'm just preaching truth right now. Not I brought you glory on earth by working hard. I brought you glory on earth by just being a good family man. I brought... Hello? I brought you glory on earth by finishing work, completing the task. Look at me. Life is not about completing tasks. It's about finishing the work you gave me to do. Well, Steve, I'm not like you. I'm just a normal person. Look at me. I'm not normal, number one. Look at yourself. You're not normal, number two. We're all a bunch of... <laughs> Thank you. We don't get to choose our own adventure. We get to discover and fulfill God's plan. I just feel I just need to let myself loose and preach just for a second on this point. Stop encouraging people they can be whatever they want to be. Stop being a tool of the devil. You can be whatever you want to be. Whatever's in your heart, you go for it. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. Who can know it? I follow my heart, then I end up choosing whatever I want to be in life. And I think I'm free, but I'm deeper in slavery, but I'm just so deceived. I don't know I'm a slave. I think I'm free, and I think everyone else is just intolerant. It just needs to be said in church. We don't know. We didn't create ourselves. 
Why does the clay say the potter? Why did you make me this way? What the heck do you think you're doing? No, the potter can make out of clay whatever he wants. Some for noble purposes, some for common. It's not fair. We've got to get rid of the words, it's not fair in church. It's not fair is no ever why God did something. He doesn't need your approval and he doesn't need my approval. Come on, God. Listen, Jesus, you haven't read the Safer Churches Better programs, hearts, and all the stuff that we've got these days. You don't spit in church and slap mud on someone's eyes or spit on them when you're preaching. You chose to sit there. (laughs) News alert. Jesus doesn't need your approval to be Jesus. God doesn't need my approval to be God. He made me. I didn't make him. Have a look how it turned out for people that tried to make God in their own image. That's what an idol is. Every religion in this world, is world, apart from the true faith in Jesus Christ, is we made God in our image. We made God. We made God. We didn't make God. God made us. And he made us in his image, and he made us for a specific plan and purpose. Many people kick against it because they don't like the plan that God had made as if they have a right to say, you got it wrong. I'm just being, if we're going to stay on track, if we're going to finish the race, we've got to settle the issue. Not everything God asks us to do, we're going to like. <laughs> Let's step on some toes. Not every church that God plants you in, you want to be in. Really quiet. No one looking. Is he talking about oh, me? It's true. I leave church because I don't like it. I don't like those songs. I don't like the way the young people jump up and down. That noise was too. It's not about you. It's not about you. Sometimes, sometimes, can I do it? Sometimes I hear people complain about young people going crazy in church for Jesus while they're in church for Jesus, not out getting drunk and sleeping around, and we're upset. Slap yourself. This message is coming out slightly different than I thought it was going to come out. Thanks, Joe. Some of you like me. Some of you don't. The ones that don't, you're wrong. Because God likes me. My wife told me he does. This week she told me because I wasn't sure. I'm being honest. I wonder if this sermon won't make it online. Zach, is this all right? 
Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Is this the right cell? Good. Thumbs up. I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Let me make a statement. It's going to go up on the screen, then we're going to lean a bit further. We will land this one day. Knowing what God wants you to do is different to finishing what God wants you to do. Knowing what God wants you to do is different. I know God's called me to be a prophet. I know that God has called me to be one who is bold and direct, who makes crooked paths straight and calls people back to the way of the Lord. I know that. But I'm not going to be stand before Father and give an account of whether I knew it, but whether I finished it. I'm, I'm being transparent. This week, I wanted to stop, run away. About a month ago, I stopped, wanted to stop and run away. Again, I'm not instilling a lot of confidence in you for me, but I'm trying to be real. Because many times, you will not want to do what God's called you to do. You'll want to run away. But you just might not be a preacher like me. And so therefore, you don't think it's as important. My assignment's no more important than your assignment. One of the biggest things that we need to eradicate in the body of Christ is gift envy. Elevating one gift above another. Come on. We are all compared to God. Look at his aerial view. I can't even do it justice, but I know he's everywhere, but just get the picture of him in heaven looking down. We're all pretty much on the same level. We see it like someone's here, someone's here, someone's here. And the problem is when we're here, we want to climb to here. I'm involved in youth. I want to be a youth leader. I want a youth leader. I want to be associate pastor. Associate pastor. I don't even have a place, but I want to be the senior pastor. It's gift envy. It's idolatry. We need to get rid of it. Your assignment is your assignment. You don't get to pick and choose it. You just get to obey it or disobey it. It's that simple. And Jesus finished what God gave him to do. And do you know what? We go, that's easy. He's the son of God. Yeah. He wrestled to the point of shedding blood over finishing it. Oh, I'm just seeing something. He wrestled to the point of shedding blood on finishing what he knew was his assignment. And he's the son of God. we got to get past this. Come to Jesus. It's all going to be rosy. And then when it's not, then we go, this is not what I signed up for. We did sign up for it. We just didn't read the fine print or have someone like me tell us. He says, you want to be my disciple? Let's start. Deny yourself. Take up your cross, like die, and then come and follow me. Oh, Jesus wrestled to the point of shedding drops of blood. I've never been in a wrestle that intense, anywhere near it. And yet I've been in wrestles where I don't know if I'm going to go the next day. Can I make this? He wrestled to the point of shedding blood. And he even had a conversation with the father about it. It's okay for you to have a conversation with the father about your assignment. It's okay. If it is possible, can you remove this cup from me? But it's not, impo- it's not right, it's not okay to finish the conversation, my will, not yours. Have the conversation, but the end of the conversation is yet not what I want. I will do what you want. 
Don't reduce what Jesus went through. Don't diminish it because he's the son of God. So no, he was sent as fully man so that we could be fully reconciled to God. What he felt, he felt like you and I, like you and I. Church, like you and I. I wonder if it gives extra weight to when he hangs on the cross and his last words is, it is finished. What? What I wrestled to the point of shedding blood over. When I submitted my will to his and said, I'm going to finish it. And my last words is, Father, I've done it. I've finished. And it says, and then God received his spirit. God received his spirit. Because he not only fought the good fight. Come on, in the wilderness against the devil. Come on, it is written. I'm not going to give in to those lies. And the starting point was about his identity. If you are the son of God, come on. Anyone wrestle with that? Who you are in identity, but I'm going to fight the good fight. How I'm going to do it the right way in the word of God. I have, I've run my race and I've kept the faith. Knowing what God wants you to do is different to finishing what God wants you to do. My questions are, have you paid the price to discover God's will for your life? Interesting word that the Lord gave me. It's not, do you know God's will? Have you paid the price to discover God's will? If God wants me to know, he can tell me. That's not how it works. If you seek me, you'll find me. If you hunger and thirst, if you draw near, I'll draw near. What's paying the price? Paying the price is turning that off and coming to God. Come on. Shutting that down and coming to God's word. It's God. God, I've got thoughts and desires, but I want to know what are your thoughts and desires. God, I want to know you. I want to know your heart and I want to know your will. And if there's any times, Father, that I, I read in your word or just through this intimacy with you, you say something that's different to what I want. God, help me. Please help me. Even if there's a wrestle to land on the place, not my will, but yours be done. God, help me to know your will. Help me to pay the price to know your will. But then help me to make a commitment to finish the work that God has given you to do. These are two things that elude too many in the body of Christ and as Christians. Every person, please listen to me, pay the price to discover and then make a commitment to finish. People don't want to talk about the price. They want to talk about the benefits of salvation, the blessings. Come on, the promises. We're great at quoting the promises, but how about the price? How about the price? If you want to be my disciples, there is only one way. See, people talk about following Jesus. I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. It's interesting in Matthew 16, Verse 24, see, Jesus had already said, come follow me, and he left, and people come followed him, right? But he says, if you want to be my disciple, please listen to me. If you say you follow Jesus, you only follow Jesus. Again, oh, I see this, I see this, I see this in the Spirit, Brett. Order is important. Order is important. In Matthew 24, verse uh, 16, verse 24, Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must, you must order. Deny yourself. Then you must take up your cross, and then you must follow me. 
which means we say we follow Jesus, but we don't live denying ourselves and taking up our cross. We are not following. You cannot follow if you have not denied. The order is important. Come on. Well, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it in the spirit right now. I'm seeing it in the spirit right now. Jesus, when he called the Peter and, and John and Andrew and, the, and the James and John at the, at the boat, and they're there, their livelihood, they're fishermen. That's what they do. They're catching fish. And Jesus said, come follow me. We see that the first thing they did was follow. No, their starting point is they had to deny themselves. Do not hang on, this is, but hang on, my day is already planned. This is what I'm doing. This is my job. I'm doing this as my family business. Oh, I need to take up my cross. I actually need to, right now, am I willing to walk away from all of this? That's deny myself and take up my cross. We see the first step is following. No, they denied themselves, took up their cross, and as a result, they started to follow. But we are preaching, you can make... Come on, it's all about the decision, then everything follows. And while it is, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And I'm not, not preaching about your righteous works will save you. But can we please preach a whole gospel? It's not just about escaping hell, and it's not just about going to heaven. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and come follow me. It's okay to say, have we paid the price? To discover God's will, but have we also made a commitment to finish the work that God has given us to do? I want to say that your commitment will be tested. <laughs> your commitment, Jesus was in the garden, true or not true? Hmm. Don't believe the lie that says you can't finish because dot, dot, dot. Whatever reason you may have said, I can't stay on track, I can't finish the race because dot, 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 which would normally include because I was born in the wrong family, I don't have the smarts, I have done too much, I haven't, I, 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 I. Do you want to be my disciple? Yes, Jesus, but I can't because I. Okay, let's start again. Deny I. I'm still learning today. Is this the right, church? I'm trying to tell you, you don't arrive, it's all easy, it's all good. When I become larger in my vision, the answer is not to engage in an ongoing, endless, unwinnable conversation with the devil. It's to deny I deny me, deny myself. I'm seeing more connections in the spirit. This is what happens. Come on. This is what happens when you live in the word and walk with the spirit. You can do this too. Where did Lucifer fall? I want to be. I, I want to be like God. I, where did Judas Iscariot fall? What will you give me? Come on. Gehazi, Elisha's servant. Even when Elisha said, I don't want your money, Elisha, Gehazi runs after him and says, actually, he changed his mind. He hadn't. Can I have some money so I can pass it on? Every sin problem that we see in the world, every agenda that is being pushed in this country is because I is on the throne. Who's on the throne of my heart? Do you know what? Sometimes it's Jesus. And do you know what? Sometimes it's me. I need to deny myself. 
can I just say now again some he has some sin deny yourself take up your cross and follow was not something you did on the day of your salvation and then if God's mercy is new every morning it probably stands to reason I need to deny myself take up my cross and follow him every morning otherwise why would I need mercy if I'm not man I'm on the throne again how many have ever and if you look at me in a holier than thou attitude, <laughs> I'll come down and I'll, mm. that was there was no one in particular. <laughs> you, no, 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 it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. Now you lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, it was profound. Thank you. God bless you. It wasn't you that I was looking at. It. We need to, if there's mercy available every morning, I think there's a honesty that needs to come into our life. This is what I feel I need to say in now in the spirit. There's no lack on God's sufficiency. Nothing I'm preaching is, oh my gosh, I'm painting a bleak picture of God. No, I'm not painting a bleak picture of God. I'm painting a real picture of all of us to know that when you struggle and you feel like no one else struggles like this and I don't know if I can go on and is it really worth it and that I and you, Jack, Zach, and you, Joel, you, Callum, that we all have times where that's our reality. Is this true? People have been in ministry for a long time. Is this true? It's like there's days that we have to say, you know what? This might be my present reality. But let me tell you my commitment. Rivera Church, my family, let me tell you this commitment. I'm going to stay on track. You'll have me keep on coming back. I ain't going to give up. I'm not going to be a statistic. But I'm saying, employing you, employing you, will you join me on that? Will you walk with me on that? Let's be ones that, not only start the race, but finish the race. Every person has battles to fight. And if we... I feel like I've said a lot already, but please just allow me a little bit longer and I'll quickly go through this last part because it's important. Is that okay, church? Okay, this is where the rubber is about to meet the road and bring this together in some practical ways, but also something specifically for you as a River Edge Church. And I know there's others, but grab hold of all that God's got. If we are going to stay on track, we need to guard against distraction. We do need to guard against discouragement and disillusionment. All, all the disses we need to guard against. Disunity, come on, church. But right now, distraction, 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 distraction. We need to guard against distraction. Guard against distraction. Come on, distraction. Come on. Many of you, your distraction's in your hand right now, typing on that little thing. Come on. That wasn't a word of condemnation, but I'm just being, that's how simple it can be. 
This is why Sally and I are both over recent times, not for any religious reasons or any spooky reasons, but just for, in part, this very reason, we've gone back to having our quiet times with our physical Bibles and and a pen and away from our devices because you're on your devices. And guess what? The email pings up and that text pings up and I'll look at that later. Actually, oh, it's them. It's just, okay, I'll do that and then I'll go back to it. It's like like when you're sitting in a conversation at a restaurant and someone, and you, you, you get Give your attention to someone else rather than the person that is one of your time. You're saying you're not as important as this person right now. And when we are doing that with God constantly, we're saying this thing, that thing, this program, this ping, that it's more important. We got to guard against distractions. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching legalism. I'm preaching, I want to stay on track, and I want to finish the race. This is as simple as I'm talking tonight. I need to pay the price to know God's will. I need to make a commitment. Church, I just made it. I'm making a commitment to you. We are going to keep on walking this. As long as you'll have us back, we'll keep on walking this. And we will stand before Father one day, that picture I saw at the start. I want to see every person in this room, in the throne room of God, celebrating. Not one loss, because we're going to champion each other on. And if someone falls, we don't stone them. We pick him up and we say, let's keep on walking. Because who of I have not sinned? Come on, you who without sin cast the first stone. What would happen if the church started to actually walk with the wounded rather? Rather than shoot the wounded or expose them on TV. Pharisaical judgment. Steve, seriously. If we are going to stay on track, we need to guard against distraction. As the Lord said to me, and I might have said it here before, it meant all the more powerful. See, distraction is doing something different than something else. That's really what it is. It's no big deal. You know, I, how many times how, do people know that I get distracted while I'm preaching? Yeah. Actually, I'm just keeping a step with the Spirit. But listen, distraction, although it can start with just, I was doing this and I should have been doing that. The Lord showed me that's where it starts. But if it's unchecked and it's ongoing, it will actually become something that stops us finishing our race because he said distraction distraction this is the absence or removal of traction power provided for movement four-wheel drivers stuck you need traction you need power to get that thing out distraction is not just i was doing that i should be doing that if it keeps on pulling us away we will have our power, the Holy Ghost power that is provided for us to move and fulfill God's plan. It is getting removed, not because we're bad people, but we keep on looking at shiny objects. Did what I just said make sense? Did you get that? Don't evaluate something on right or wrong alone. It is right or wrong. But don't make, because there are many right things that become wrong things in that moment because God is saying, I've got another assignment for you. Sometimes for some of us, I hear the Lord just speaking to me clearly. It is, you're sitting down watching something, the Holy Ghost drops someone into your heart and says, you should just give them a call and encourage them. And you go, but I'm watching this, I'll do it later. Right then, it's not that you're watching something bad, but if God said to do it now and you do it later, that's called a distraction and it's called sin. And I've done it many times. I'm just laying it out there. 
I want to finish. I don't know about you, but I have texted people when the Holy Ghost has prompted me many times or called them, and the amount of times I've heard, I need that right now. I didn't need it three hours later or yesterday. It just may be true. It, I know it's a stretch. But it's remotely possible that the Holy Spirit in you knows what he wants to accomplish through you. Don't compare yourself to me. I won't compare myself to you. Let's just be people that guard against distractions. Let me give you a, a verse and then I'll make a few statements. Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lily, will you actually, do you want to stay and respond and just enjoy or or you happy? Are you happy? Okay. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off. Everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles. Let us throw off. Throw off. Oh God, you can just take it away. No, throw it off. Throw off sin and what entangles. Oh, so there's some things that entangle that aren't sin. It's not always just about right and wrong. It's about what's entangling right now. What's entangling right now? I just got to finish my show. I, I just got to, I just got to, God, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll do that when I finish. I'll do that when I finish this course. I'll, I'll, I'll do that when I save up enough money. Come on, church. I, I, I'll go there when I get married. I, I, I'll go there. No, 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 no. Throw it off. If you know what God's called you to do and you want to be one who stays on course and finishes, Let's make this commitment. Throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance. The race that is marked out for us. Not choose your own adventure. Let us run with perseverance. You know the word perseverance literally means cheerful or hopeful endurance, patient continuing in the waiting. You get that? Cheerful or hopeful endurance, patient continuing while you're waiting. It says, run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And the word race, we can think race is just, oh, a lovely, lovely. No, no. Race literally means a place of assembly, a contest, the arena, the stadium, an effort, a struggle, or a conflict. That's what's marked out for us. That ain't fair. Seriously. But if we can settle this, it's not always going to be easy, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run in such a way as to win the prize. Come on. I'm going to run and I'm going to finish. And when I finish, I'm still going to be in faith. 
So I want to just encourage you, and I was, would have taken time on this, but I won't. I just want to encourage you. And I literally just mentioned him. Guard against distraction with your priority of walking in first love. Guard against distraction with your priority of walking in first love. Fruitfulness outside of connectedness will result in staleness. Fruitfulness outside of connectedness will result in staleness. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you what? Remain in me and I in you. Then you'll bear much fruit. Without me, separated, you can do nothing. Please, please note, please note, if you remain in me and I remain in you, how many people would think that Jesus will make a commitment to remain in us? Jesus has committed, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. So he says, if you remain in me and I in you, my part's guaranteed is yours. Every person in this room, how's your commitment to staying connected to Jesus? Don't miss out on connection with Jesus because you've settled for acceptance of Jesus. Don't miss out on connection with Jesus because you're settled for acceptance of Jesus. Guard against the distraction of not guarding your honoring your priority of walking in first love. The second thing, real quickly, is guard against your distraction. Guard against distraction with your holy call to go and make disciples of all nations. You probably didn't see that one coming. God gave me three things. That was the second one right there. Guard against distraction. And right now, I'm talking to the body of Christ. I'm talking to River Edge Church. If you're from another church, I'm talking to you. But this is a rhema word right now. River Edge Church, listen to me. Senior leaders all the way down. Guard against distraction from your holy call to go and make disciples of all nations. You are beautiful people, wonderful people, our favorite place to come. You are people of the presence, people of the river. You are people of the abandonment of the in the presence of God. But my question is, are you people who go and make disciples of all nations? Because I believe that the Spirit of God says that's an area that needs to step up in the life of this church. Do you receive that? That was a word from a prophet for you right there. There was, a, there was a rhema word at a Kairos time. Because Matthew 28, 18 to 20, you know it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. The church globally, in far too many instances, have replaced go and make disciples with invite people to come to a special event and hopefully they'll get saved. Nowhere in the Bible does it say invite people to church. I'm not against it. But Jesus never said it. He sent out the 12. He sent out the 72. He said, you go into all the world. He sent them out. The very word apostle means sent one. Apostles send people out to plant churches. God is a sending God, not just an inviting God to a meeting. Why is it detrimental if our church's evangelism is based on inviting people in? Then what we're doing, suddenly, listen to me, I'm about to step on something here, is we are disempowering every person and say, you can't, you can't, you can't, you bring them to us because we can. Did you hear what I just said? If we are not saying, you go, you go, you're, where you work. Tim, I can't work where you work. I can't work where you work, Paul. So you're there, you're there. Listen. It's not... You invite, don't lose this. It's not, 
you invite the people that you work with to church because you, you actually don't carry the Holy Spirit good enough. It's not that you need to invite the people that you work with to church and they'll have a special event. We'll put in hours and hours and, and dollars and dollars into trying to make something so special that the slickness of it will somehow save them. I, I know I'm being a bit sarcastic, but hear what I'm saying. No event, no song, no production has ever saved anyone. It's the Spirit of God. But it's the Spirit of God in you. I don't want you to invite them in. Go. Go and make disciples. How do I do that? Let your light shine so much before people that when there is a challenging situation and you still are standing when others are falling, where you are still in faith, when others are still in fear, where others are saying, I don't know how this is going to work out. And you say, I don't know either, but there's still a smile and a joy on your face, which is not always with me, but we're all doing this together, growing. Come on, church. Then that says that they will ask you a question and then you can give an answer for the hope that's inside of you. We're meant to be a church. And I'm saying, don't get distracted. River Edge Church from focusing on sending people out and going into River, into Mildura and the surrounds and into the nations. How's your missions into nations? Where's your plans into nations? Where's your plans into other communities? Because it needs to increase by the Spirit of God. Now is the time. Don't miss the Word of the Lord. I think I said that clear enough. God hasn't changed his assignment, don't change yours. Hmm. Last thing. So ask the Father, where do you want us to go and where do you want us to sow? And the last thing here, very practical thing, but it's so clear in my spirit. I, I don't say things because I want to say things. You know me well enough. God speaks so clearly to me. And he said, guard against distraction with your new building. You might say, he's beating that drum again. No, I'm passing on the word of the Lord to you. Literally, it was 10 years ago that I prophesied your thousand-seat auditorium on my very first visit, not knowing you and when you were about 100 and something people. Many of you don't know that. And this man, the first time I ministered here, when I said I see a thousand-seat auditorium, which was crazy because it wasn't anywhere near this full. And that's a big step from 100 and something people. But I heard the Lord and I declared it. And you were jumping up afterwards in your normal bouncy self. And you showed me your iPad, how you just drawn up plans for a thousand seat shed. Ten years ago. And I want to say a couple things into that very quickly. God said it in order for you to fulfill it. A prophetic intention is not to remain a prophetic intention. Don't wait until there is little need for faith. Matthew 6, 11 in the Lord's Prayer says, Give us today our daily bread. Many people are not fulfilling the word of the Lord to them on a financial thing because they say, we need to make sure we've got enough for a year or two. No, the Lord said, give me today what I need today. If physical men are enough for today, in fact, don't store it up because otherwise it'll get moldy. I wonder if the Lord says, don't plan this out financially because otherwise moth, rust, they can destroy that and you remove your need for a miracle. You remove your miracle margin, which means you remove your testimony margin because you did it and not me. I, I just got to finish. You need to hear me. It's time to move. It's time to see this become a reality. And I know there's counsel. I know there's other things. But what is within our power? And if it is council things, come on. 
Let's continue. Let's pray. Let's, let's, this is not against people. And this is not about a building. From the very beginning, that's not what I prophetically declared. It's about what God has intention for this region. Sometimes it's you build it and I'll send it. Sometimes we go, but we're fine as we are. And sometimes we remain fine as we are because we haven't built something that is beyond what we need. What next step of faith does Father want you to take now? Huh. 2 Timothy 4, 7, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. John 17, 4, I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. if we just can have every eye closed for a moment. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I know we covered a lot, but I felt that there was Father's assignment to me today. Let every eye's closed, no one's moving around. You can't finish the race that God has marked out if you're not even on the right track. I said that from the start. And the Bible says that the only way through the, to the Father is through Jesus, the Son. If you've got the Son of God, Jesus Christ, then you have life. If you don't, you do not have life. You can't finish the race that God has marked out for you outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ and the Father in heaven and the Holy Spirit. The good news is that while we're sinners, Christ died for us. This is the equal playing field that we started with. We all need a Savior. <laughs> but the Father has provided a Savior for every one of us. It's such a beautiful thing. And you don't have to be good enough to come like you don't have to be clean to get in a shower. We come as we are. But God's intention is we come in one way, we leave another way. Not a patched up job, but a new creation, the Bible says. The old is God, the new has come. From sinner to saint. Not that we'll always be perfect, but we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's a beautiful thing to have a Savior and a King and a friend, but also a Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit comes to live in your heart. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with the mouth, you will be saved. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you're willing to say, forgive me of my sins, I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to walk with you. And the Bible says you will be born again, which means you'll spend eternity with God in heaven. The alternative is a separation, and no one wants that, but God's, that was never his intention. And so I just feel the Lord would say, if there's anyone in this room that is not right with God, maybe you have not been walking with the Lord, maybe you have walked away and you've been living life your own way fully. And you want to say today, I just want to get right with the Lord while every eye is closed. If that's you, anything in your heart is stirring at all, lift up your hand real high right now so I can just see it. I want to pray for you. Thank you. God bless 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 you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Many hands in this room. If you put it up, you can put it down again. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that all of heaven celebrates over one person. And isn't it interesting that tonight I preach one of the most direct, challenging, 
non-seeker sensitive die to self messages and you have hands going up all over this place to say tonight I need to get right with the God who actually calls me to walk with Him, but to not just live my own life and choose my own adventure, but to actually fulfill the purpose for which He has created. I want to declare to you, church, that God's way works, and it's time to preach the full gospel. And so this is what we're going to do, and I praise God, I praise God, I praise God for those that have just put up their hand and those that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to invite you to join with me and everyone we're going to pray this the bible says if you confess with your mouth it's not just thinking in your mind because there's creative power in what we say and so i want to if you put up your hand and even if you didn't and you want to get right with god tonight i want you to pray this from your heart but out of your mouth and every person's going to join you come on church nice and loud pray with me right now heavenly father oh we thank you that you're a loving father and that you're a good God, that you created us for relationship with you, not to control us, but to love on us and to work with you to fulfill your kingdom purpose. I acknowledge that I have sinned and sin separates me from your holiness. So I ask you to forgive me of all sin and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive your mercy. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I receive your salvation. I receive your love. I give everything to you. Come and be my life. Lead me. Be my friend. And empower me to walk every day of my life for your glory. To finish well. To stay on track. And to hear well done. To hear well done. Lord Jesus. Father, I want to thank you right now that you've done something deep in our hearts and in this place. Just hear the Father say, if the Lord spoke to you tonight, and wherever you were on that commitment, but if your present commitment is God, whatever, whatever the cost, whatever the valleys, whatever the contradictions, whatever the prayers that I'm waiting, whatever it is that you call me to do, God, I am going to fight the good fight. I am going to finish the race. And even if I'm still waiting, I am going to die in faith, still believing. I will stay on track if that's you stand to your feet, but make sure you think about it before you do. Spirit of God, move in this place right now. Spirit of God, move in this place right now you stand to your feet and even if you don't I wonder if you come on just lift your hands to the Lord right now I just feel the Lord highlighting again the power of your tongue the power of your tongue doesn't have to be loud but make sure it comes out of your mouth how about you just have a little conversation with the Lord come on have a little conversation with the Lord God I need you come on God I need you 
Lord, help me to be strong. Help me to be strong in you and in your mighty power. Help me to run this race in such a way that honors you, Father. God, help me to run this way, race in such a way that if I fall down, I have a day, oh God, where I even question and doubt, I even want to give up. God, help me to stay this course. Help me to stay the course, God. Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. I make a commitment this day. Not my will. Yours be done. God, I pray right now for an infusion of Holy Ghost power. Light now to fill every vessel in this room, every vessel in this room. Come on, every vessel in this room. I hear the Lord say some of you need to lift up your hands a little higher. It's not a it's not a it's not a religious thing. There's sometimes it's just a shift of a posture. Sometimes our hands can even at times hang a half mask because we're not almost feeling worthy to lift them up high to the Lord. And the Lord reminds us all today is about his holiness, his righteousness. The fact that He is worthy and He is not looking for perfect people, but available people, committed people, people that say, I will finish the race and I will stay in face to God. We say, fill us now. Lord, fill us now. Fill us now, Holy Spirit. Fill us now. Fill us now. Fill us now, oh God. Fill us now with the vision of Jesus. Fill us now with the vision of the Father. Fill us now with the vision of kingdom purpose, oh God, in Jesus' name. And we declare as a church that we will walk this together. We will link arms, Lord, as soldiers in this spiritual battle, oh God. And if the devil fights me, oh God, then then the church will battle with me. If the devil fights you, then we will battle with you. And the Bible says, bear one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. The Lord says to you, people of God, no longer fight by yourself, no longer walk by yourself, but it's time to do it together. Every part fitly joined together, supplying everything the body needs as it is in the wild, as it is in the natural, when there is a herd, anything, any animal that is separated from the herd becomes prey for an adversary but when we are in the herd when we are in the family of God when we are connected we are protected let me say it again when we are connected we are protected and the Lord says do not cut off your protection because you've cut off your connection or the Lord says do not forsake the gathering together I'm not here to promote river edge I'm here to declare the word of the Lord And the word of the Lord is, I care about you. I care about you, son and daughter. I care about you. And that's why I place you in family. There is is safety. Some people draw back because I've been hurt by church. The Lord says, if you draw back from church, you'll be more hurt by the world than you ever were in church. Shurabakaba. It's time to extend grace and mercy to each other. I hear the Father say, it's time for some people in this room to forgive them. I'm just prophesying right now, forgive them, forgive them. Even right now in your heart, as I say that you instantly have someone in your mind, forgive them right now. Oh, but Steve, I need, no, no, forgive them right now so that you can be free. Forgive them right now. I see in the spirit realm, some of you that are holding on to forgiveness, it's like you've got these, uh, you've got these chains, these cords in your back holding you in a certain position. You're trying to go forward, but you are feeling like you're being held back, held back. It's the unforgiveness you forgive. And the Lord says, oh, I'll cut those cords. I'll cut those restrictions. I'll cut those things that are holding you back. 
Father, we hand those people to You. You're a holy God. You're the only one that can judge, oh God. We hand the people that have hurt us, we hand them to You, oh God, and we pray for them that they will encounter You, that they will encounter the love and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But we hand them to You, oh God. We want to run. I hear the Lord say you need your hands free to hold your sword and, and to hold your spear and to hold your shield. Don't hold them in your hands when you need to hold your sword and your shield, says the Lord. This is about I fought the good fight. I fought the good fight. Holy Spirit of God, I hear the Father just prophesying through me right now. I have called you to freedom. 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 But again, he's just laboring this with me and none of this is thought through. I'm just knowing I'm hearing the Spirit of God. He says your freedom is is attached to your connection and your protection, which is part of the family and the body of Christ. There is not another way. There is not another way. There is not another way. Isolation will always breed error. Isolation will always breed error. Anyone that is withdrawn has a higher propensity to get into error because it's in community that iron sharpens iron and discipleship can happen. Discipleship is not an affirmation of your desires. It's actually a directing of us towards the will of God, even if it crosses our will. God is redefining some things, not from His perspective, but in our perspective. And He's doing a deep work in some of your lives right now. He's putting His finger on some things again because He wants you to be free. And He wants you to stay on track. He wants you to finish the race. And He wants to declare over you, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The Lord says, let it go, let it go, let it go. I see a picture of someone running on this track and they've got all these big heavy jackets and things that they're carrying. And the Lord says, let it go. Run light and free. Come on, cast off, throw off everything that hinders. It's in the metaphor of running with perseverance. And the Lord says, let it go. Come on, that pain. Come on, let it go. Those questions, those fears. Some of us, by the Spirit of God, right now in this room, hand to the Lord. Lay down right now. Lay right down right now every fear, anxiety, condemnation, guilt, shame, brokenness, addiction. Come on, lay it down. Say, God, I give it. I'm not leaving carrying this any longer. Come on, we don't need to work all this out. We, We need to walk it out with the Holy Spirit. And it starts right now. God, I give it to you. The Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord, for He does care for you. And so God, we give it to you. Every brokenness or dysfunction, every addiction, oh God. Lord, we give it to you right now. All those things that keep us back from stepping forward. No longer, no more, no more. We say, God, take it all. Devil, no more. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get your hands off your sons and daughters of the Father in heaven. Weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. Celebrate with those who celebrate. Again, it's your connection, is your protection. We will do this together. Isolated soldiers don't win battles, but armies that protect each other's flanks. 
come on, they win battles. Spirit of God, we want to do this your way. Come on, Spirit of God, we want to do this your way. My way doesn't work. So fill us, mark us. Let us walk in the power of your Spirit. Thank you, God. I don't need to be strong in my own strength, but I can be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. It's not willpower. Spirit of God, seal it, seal it, seal it right now in this room. Seal it in our hearts, we pray. We worship you, we honor you, we glorify you. Father, may not one single word of your word tonight fall to the ground, be robbed from the cares of this life, the enemy, the deceitfulness of riches of God. Let nothing be stolen away, but Lord, we guard it, we treasure it, we cherish it, we protect it, we water it, we nurture it, and we will see it grow up into a great mighty oak of righteousness for the glory of God. Come on, church. We declare we are oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified in Jesus' mighty name. And all the people said, Amen, 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 Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.